This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, from club statements to the highest of high lines, the EPL season took a turn for the bizarre last week. Time to bring some sanity and decorum to proceedings. Well, We'll see. This is Betting Weekly Premier League show. You with myself, Dan Robert, while Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright are with me as we plot our way through match week 12 of the Premier League campaign. Nigel, just back from Vegas. You were watching the EPL games from afar. We had the VAR debate at St. James's, chaotic tactics at Spurs. I mean, from a betting point of view, do all these things make it tougher for punters? We've got lots of stoppages, the lines get suspended. I don't know if you're an in-play better or not. How did you see? And how was Vegas? Oh, hello. Good morning to you guys. Uh, firstly, um, Vegas was good. Good trip. Really good trip. Um, not wild. Not very wild at all. I'm, I'm more wild in Big and Ill than I'm in Las Vegas, to be fair. So <laughs> it's a bit like a Betty Ford clinic for me when I go away Las Vegas. In the broad, <laughs> I do all my damage here. And I sort of much more relaxed when I go away. So, uh, no, it was good. It was really good. Um, you two at the Sphere was the highlight. That was, I mean, that was an, I mean, life like life moment that if anyone's getting an opportunity to go there, you've it's got incredible to. venue that. Yeah, it's it's insane, and uh, and obviously, um, yeah, it was good to meet up with all the guys from Bet Rivers. So it was really nice there, and they've, they've got a lovely mansion there, which they film a poker show, which you can see on YouTube there as well. So make sure you watch that YouTube channel. So yeah, it was it was good. In return to the, the Premier League, um, I didn't watch the game to be honest. With you. I went to find the bar. Um, and I was going that morning and I didn't want to go too far to off the beaten track. And I couldn't find the bar on uh, Las Vegas trip within sort of 200 yards of the Bellagio that was showing the Premier League football. I found a bar called the beer bar, which is pretty, pretty standard, nice place to go. And, uh, they just had loads of reruns of American football. And I, I, it was, I couldn't be bothered to ask anyone to turn it over. So I was, I was following up my phone and seeing the craziness in the WhatsApp groups. I didn't miss much. So, Not much happened. Yeah. People, people were going, people were going wild about the match, but unfortunately I, I didn't watch it. But, um, with regards to, to betters, I mean, we, we get used to it, haven't we? I mean, it's nothing, you know, I mean, it's getting, that's what we've been used to for a season and a half now. And this, this season, I mean, I still, I, I was, Falling out of love with football on soccer on Saturday when the the, the overs cashed in the Sheffield United match that was me done. Don't worry about what else happened. That was that was the moment. Forget Tottenham v Chelsea. That was the moment where uh, I was heartbroken and it took me about forty eight hours to recover from that. So I didn't watch it, but I think as far as anyone's betting, this is what you got to get. When you, this is what you're going to get when you're betting uh, in in the Premier League. Now you're going to get 10, 11 minutes. You know what's going to happen. You need, you know, it's crazy that we've. 15 minutes to go in a, or 20 minutes in, heading into the 80th minute in the Premier League, you can still sometimes get almost even money for the draw when you've got 11 minutes injury time. Just wild that you think that when I started betting on this kind of stuff, 60 minute mark, that was when the draw would be even money in play if the two sides were level. Now 80 minutes it, with the injury time, it's just absolutely crazy. But this is what we've got to cope with. This is modern game. This is modern football. Do I like it? I do not like it, but um, I know it's what we've got. 
Uh, Jack of Spurs were losing players to injury and suspension, of course. We are betting Wolves to win this weekend, plus 350 into plus 220 in double quick time on Monday night. I mean, betters have got to look ahead, haven't they? And there was plenty on social media saying you've got to get stuck into Wolves for the next game because Spurs are going to have half a side out. Yeah, I was too busy screwing my ticket up for Spurs to win yeah. that one. Couldn't believe after the opening 15 minutes that they, um, they, they threw it away themselves there. So maybe the pressure getting to Spurs... Certainly some of our players, I don't know. But um, I was looking at the, the unders in that one, to be honest, the Wolves game. Um, no netto for Wolves um, and, say, <laughs> three quarters of a new defence for Spurs. So there's too many unponderables in that one, to be honest. Will Madison be fit or not? He plays a big part in everything creative. He was exceptional in that opening start um, to the game. So too much up in the air for me to get involved in the end in that. But, um, yeah, I can see why people wanted to get involved, even if it was from a trading point of view. Just one well, point about it. that, Dan. Just Go one on. point about the game. Sorry, I just want to you I'm really on. But I mean, Wolves are, you know, might be, how are they going to recover from the defeat against Sheffield United? Where I touched on there, you know, they must be absolutely heartbroken. But I saw the guy give the penalty away in tears. I was shedding more yeah. tears than the guys <laughs> in tears. He, he was in tears. So like, they've got to, they've got to bounce back from that. How on earth that was? I, I mean, I still can't believe that that cashed over two and a half goals. But I mean, that is a huge thing to overcome for them so you know you 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 know we're talking about Tottenham's problems but Wolves have got some big big issues as well to overcome so you know it's a trading bet that rather than the bet that I think you want to keep it you know I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet I wouldn't trust either two sides at the moment a bit of pressure uh, on the ref in that game as well after what's been going with Wolves over the start oh of the yeah I mean get, get and, and dispersed <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Gary O'Neill said he stopped talking to the referees, but then admitted that he was speaking to the referee after the game against Sheffield United. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into some previews, shall we? Because we've got some really good picks for you uh, this week. We're going to start Crystal Palace against Everton. This is 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Palace are the favourites here, Nigel, plus 145. Everton, plus 220. But if you are a season ticket holder at the Holmesdale at Sellers Park, you're not seeing a lot of goals, are you, this season? Talk us through your play here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, my uh, my brother is a season ticket holder, as I've mentioned a few times, and he's saying it's absolute dross that Roy Hodgson's putting out this this season, and uh, really, really disappointed. He he rang me this week, so he wanted to go to the Christmas party, something that we 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 always go to every year, and uh, I think there'd be more uh, more things given out at the Christmas party than there will be at this this match here. I mean, it's it's it to me looks like a the nil nil detector did travel safely back from through <laughs> customs, and it's it's really starting to show the early signs of bleeping in this match. Uh, I mean, if you look at Crystal Palace, I mean, we know Eze is back now, but uh, is he 100% fit? I'm I'm not 100% sure that he's 100% fit. Sent 100 there three times in a sentence, which is quite impressive. But uh, obviously without Sahar, it's a massive goal-scoring threat. They've missed all season. Uh, Hodgson is very negative in his approach. And Everton are showing very, very slow signs of improvement for me. They're looking, they're looking a lot, lot stronger in recent weeks. Uh, Sean Dyche has had to ridden through some, some real tough criticism. But I thought they played really well against Liverpool. I know that they were down, they reduced to that to ten men, and then they should have. Liverpool should have a sending off another bad beat with the over five and a half cards, which never cashed. I mean, honestly, let's just forget <laughs> about this for a minute. Let's think about some of these bad beats that I've had. Honestly. If I had hair, it would have fallen out by now. But anyway, and it's uh, it's been a tough, tough season. But anyway, let's get back to this game. Everton has shown some signs of improvement. Uh, Calvert-Lewin is scoring goals. Uh, they look very good defensively, Everton. Very, very Tarkovsky is a great signing for them. And I think this here looks about two managers who, who are who are all about not conceding and being organised rather than going out to entertain. So I think they can absolutely 
nullify each other here. I mean, if you look at Crystal Palace's season, I, you, I'm going to steal one of your stats or do you want me to leave it to you, Dan? No, you can have it, mate. So well, I mean, I, I didn't notice it, but it was a great stat that you made on the on the WhatsApp group that Crystal Palace matches this season, every single one of them has been nil-nil at half-time. I didn't know that. Uh, that's why I didn't upgrade the nil-nil detector. The 45-minute nil-nil detector was available <laughs> at the duty-free at Las Vegas. I wish I did because it would have been going mad there. But I think here, um, I wanted to look at under two and a half goals, but that was quite heavy minus money and it was probably not for me. So I thought the best way to get against goals here would be under two, uh, which is plus 125, which be a push if it was two goals. Um, you know, it's a little bit more adventurous, but I think that the, the, the price differential between two and a half and two here represent, uh, represents the play. I think these two sides, very much similar, very similar. In two matches at Crystal Palace at home this season against teams very similar to uh, Everton. I think they played Nottingham Forest, and I can't remember the other team at the top of my head, but they drew nil-nil with both of those sides at the bottom end of the table. And last season, this match was also a nil-nil draw. So Palace at home against two teams in the bottom half or the bottom six of the table, both matches nil-nil. And uh, last season, nil-nil. And it wouldn't surprise me again to be another nil-nil. Um, Going to go for under two goals, though. Plus 125 on the Asian line with two goals a push. Yeah, I like this one. Plus 125, under oh, two and a half. That's yeah. the kiss of death. <laughs> under two that's and a half, that's minus 152. He liked Luton the other week. He liked this one the other week. He liked Tottenham at sure. the weekend. He liked your Tottenham pick on the weekend. <laughs> I know, that's that's I me know. done. Well, I'm going now. I've had enough of that. Only nine, <laughs> only nine goals scored. Only nine goals scored at Sellers Park in the Premier League this season. It's it's been a shocker if you've been supporting them. Plus seven fifty if you like nil nil in that one. Bournemouth Newcastle is the next that we're going to take a look at, and uh, both of the boys have gone similar picks here. Bournemouth plus four hundred. It surprises me. Newcastle have been back minus one fifty, but they are injury hit, suspension hit. No, Bruno Gimanesh who picked up his fifth yellow card against Arsenal last weekend. And off the back of a tough defeat at Dortmund in midweek, but you've got similar bets here. Nigel, you you can kick off uh, with this one um, because you're both playing the, the Geordies, Nigel. Yeah, I know we've got injuries. I know Dan Burns out. They've got both strikers out, but I think it's the opposition they're playing here is the re- reason why I want to have this bet. I mean, I've been negative about Bournemouth all season, I'm holding a ticket on Irolia to be the next Premier League manager to go at 20 to one. Why ain't he gone yet? I mean, come on, this this is this has got to be this is incredible. So, uh, but I think defeat here ahead of the Champions League could probably spell the end of him. I'm hoping it could spell the end of him. Um, Newcastle, I know we've got injuries, but this looks a huge, huge match for Newcastle at this stage of season. That you know they're, they're within touching distance of the of the top six. Uh, the, the, the big, the big. Three or four are pulling away now. Newcastle have to start winning the Premier League. I think if they can get a win in this match, which I think they will get a win in this match, I think that gives them a little bit of time to get the players back. We have the champ- we have the break for the international break. Then they come back with a huge, huge Champions League match. I think the next Champions League match is in Paris against Paris Saint-Germain. So it's a really, really crucial time for them to just get a win here and, and keep in, in touching distance of that group. And I think they will. I think there's something about this Newcastle side. I know on the road they haven't been great this season, but we're saying about a team that haven't been great. They've gone to Sheffield United 1-8-0 and we're saying that we, we question them on the road. But it's the goals that Bournemouth concede that concern me. 17 conceded in the last in five ma- match losses. 
That's five losses in their last six, 17 goals conceded. That is a big, big problem for them. Um, they look terrible at the back. They look really weak every time anyone goes up against them. Eddie Howe has the incentive going against his former club. He's got a brilliant record against them. They've played them three times last season, didn't, didn't lose one of them. Uh, and they haven't lost his fixture since Bournemouth returned to the Premier League and Newcastle going back there. So I think despite the injuries, I'm going to keep faith in Newcastle. I'm going to go for Newcastle minus one at plus 118. Uh, it's a bit of an enhanced way of getting with Newcastle to win the match because I just feel that if Newcastle do win this, the likelihood is that if they score one against his Bournemouth defence, Bournemouth could capitulate and they could score two or three. Uh, regardless of the personnel they're missing, I think Bournemouth is so bad. Um, so plus 118, Newcastle minus one with a push if they win by exactly one goal. Slightly safer play, but similar theme from you, Jack. Exactly the same, yeah. Slightly watered-down version. So at minus 0.75 on the Asian line there, at minus 125. So any win for Newcastle will get us some profit on the bet here. Um, obviously, we need, again, two or more goal margin for Newcastle to get the full win. And it's on the same thinking, really. It's more against the opposition. I'd probably been looking at going against Newcastle if they'd been playing anyone decent. But Bournemouth are right down there in, in the mix. Um, I'd imagine, yeah, Iriola will be under massive pressure. Can't believe there's not been a manager sacked yet in the Premier League since the season started. Lepetegui were the only ones who have gone prior to the kickoff. Um, I think it'll be a mad scramble who's going to be the first one to go come this international break. There might be two or three um, with their P45 in hand very soon after these uh, round of fixtures. But um, yeah, they concede lots of goals. I think the great thing for Newcastle is that everyone they brought into this squad, they seem to have a very tight-knit squad. Anytime there's an injury, and there's been several, whoever comes in steps up to the plate and, and delivers. We've seen it with Izak being out, Wilson being out. Um, Anthony Gordon's really come on leaps and bounds. He scored five goals in 11 Premier League games. So a brilliant return from him. He's been used quite central. Um, Dan Burns out. They've got Hall coming in to, into that position. Lascelles has been the latest one to go in at centre-half. And they just it's been a seamless transition. So that all, all goes well. And Bournemouth don't seem to be able to play under Iriola. They don't seem to play his style. Uh, they're, they're leaving themselves open. And, and it's another good thing for this better thing is if Newcastle had to go from coming back against Dortmund to then go against the side where they had to make all the running, I think that would be a tougher ask. But this Bournemouth side will attack, but they leave themselves wide open in transition. They leave themselves, um, get the press all wrong, and they just leave themselves open. And I think Newcastle can cut through them, and they've got the players to make the most of that. Um, Key stat for me, as far as Bournemouth considered the second highest amount of shots, they've conceded the second highest amount of shots on target, and Newcastle are the most lethal side in the Premier Division. The best shot accuracy at 44% and the best goal conversion rate at 18%. So, given loads of chances, they're more likely to take them and, uh, and get the job done. So, Bournemouth's stats are awful. Only um, Burnley have got a worse goal-scoring record than them, and only Sheffield United have got a worse defensive record than them. And we all know what Newcastle did to them when they travelled there. And that was also directly after a Champions League game. Good stuff. So we're both siding with uh, Newcastle. We're all siding with Newcastle. Slightly different ways. Minus one at plus 118. Minus 0.75 at uh, minus 125. Villa, Fulham next up. The boys have got selections uh, on this as well. And again... Fairly similar. Villa are favourites minus one eighty six. They do take on AZ uh, in the in European action uh, tonight. Last time we previewed the Villa game, overs backers money line players, both teams to score. Yes, betters all took a bit of a beating. 
but this time around, Nigel, we're backing Unai Emery's team to get back on track. That's just a blip, was it, against Forest last time out? They take on Fulham. We should highlight here. Villa are at home at minus 186. Nigel? Yeah, I'll give it the big one for Fulham last week. Hit the top four, team to follow, and then they gave it to not the Forest and put in their worst performance of the season. But um, we've been saying about them all season long about how strong they are at Villa Park. Villa Park is one of the toughest places to go and get a result in the Premier League at the moment without a shadow of a doubt. And not only do they get results, they get results with style. They they really entertain in front of their home crowds, what Emery has done here. I mean, if you look at their home record this season, it's phenomenal. They played 5-1-5, scored 19 goals in that period and conceded four. That's in their home Premier League matches. That is that is some go in that. I mean, they, admittedly, they haven't played really the best teams. I mean, their, their toughest challenge with Brighton and they won 6-1. So they played teams at the bottom half of the table. But that's all we needed for this bet. I mean, we, we really have to... Um, you know, look at Aston Villa as a as a threat for Champions League positions or or a threat for top six when we see them at home against teams in or around them. Their, their fixture list has been very kind at home. So, but when they've played teams in the bottom half, they've smashed them up. Everton 4-0, um, West Ham 4-1, Luton 3-1, Palace 3-1, and Fulham are of that ilk. They are a side in that bottom half. And probably, I'd say Fulham are, are, are probably, from an attacking point of view, a lot worse, obviously, than those sides without the threat that they have with Mitrovic. Um, Fulham have gone to teams sort of the top end of the table. They got beat by Tottenham quite comfortably 2-0, but it was a very one-sided match. They got beat by Manchester City, I think it was 5-1. And they got a draw at Arsenal, which was a good result for them. But um, other than that, they go to usually go away on the road and get beaten quite heavily against these sides. So they're going to Villa Park, which has been an absolute terrible place for them over the years. I mean, I'm not one to, to look at uh, the records, as I keep saying on this show, too much. But the record that uh, Fulham have here is, is is shocking. They've only won once in 50 years. Um, and they've played a lot of times in that game. You know, we talk about some matches where teams haven't played a lot in that period, but these two have played quite a number of times. So it's quite a relevant stat. But the last time they won, uh, Villa won that 50, well, they won once in 50 years. And 50 years ago, 1973, the second time they won, uh, an act that was playing in Las Vegas was um, on, on, the, on the Las Vegas Strip, was no, the number one over here in the UK in the top of the charts. Who Adele. was that act? No, <laughs> years ago. Fifty years ago, who was who was number one? Fifty um, years ago, Elton John. Elton John, come on. No, Elvis. Oh god. <laughs> How was he on the strip last week? Good. Elvis. Elvis. He's still playing on the strip. Elvis. There's a lot of lookalikes there, but come on, man. You've got um, one more guess. One act. Fifty years ago was number one. When... Beatles. Neil oh, Diamond. All right, now you're both absolute. It was Donny Osmond. Oh, <laughs> the twelfth of never. That was number one fifty years ago when never. Fulham beat Aston Villa. So uh, there you go, interesting stat there. But um, you know, I can't believe you the Beatles and Elvis Presley. I mean, what is going on there? I only uh, said Neil uh, Diamond for Sean Calvert. I know he loves him. He loves a bit of Sweet Caroline. All right, Aston Villa uh, minus one is the bet here. I mean, it's covered in every single one of the matches so far this season. Uh, all against teams in in around sort of the level of Fulham. Fulham to me. Team indifferent, young side, few injuries, few players out at the moment, some key players out. Um, Fulham on the road, I wouldn't be trusted. And Aston Villa get back to winning ways here and get back to winning ways well as they do in front of their home support. Aston Villa minus one. Please don't nod your head, Dan. I want you to disagree with me. Uh, <laughs> at even money on the Asian handicap. Money back if Aston Villa win by exactly one goal. Oh, people have got to get creative with Villa these days because they are short price favourites at home. And Jack has done just that. Uh, Jack, uh, we know that we that you like the Villa win here. So you can touch on that briefly. But the thing that will kick it 
a little bit more towards even money is uh, is your selection on Villa's team goals. Talk us through your play. Yeah, simply Villa to win and score over one and a half team goals. So um, obviously, as long as they win and score two or more goals, regardless of the score, then um, this one gets a full win at minus 130. Nigel's touched on how good Villa have been. Obviously, I was on Villa last week as well. And um, yeah, it was a disappointing performance. Look at the stats. They were the better side, but where it matters on the scoreline, they weren't. So we'll look to bounce back from that. And they have bounced back well this season. They have lost three games now. The first two that they lost, they lost the first game of the season, 5-1 away at Newcastle, came back and beat Everton 4-0. Then they lost 3-0 at Liverpool, came back and beat Palace 3-1. So those kind of results are what we're looking for here. They have been exemplary at home this season and obviously at the back end of last season. So 12 consecutive wins in the Premier League now and scoring goals for fun as well. Um, 10 of the last 11 wins at Villa Park or even 10 of the last 11 games at Villa Park, they've won and scored two plus goals. So very consistent. They've got goals all over the pitch. We've touched on it before. Um, as I said, extremely strong at home with that Villa Park crowd right behind them, that old-fashioned ground. But same thing. It's this kind of match made in heaven, really, is that Fulham have been a side that we've regularly looked to fade this season. So we get the chance to do two things that we like to do, get Villa on side and back against um, Fulham. Nigel Wright, again, saying that they're awful as far as their forward process is concerned. We know the struggles that Jimenez has had. They continue. Um, Vinicius doesn't look like a Premier League striker. They have shows you the sign of a team in trouble. Munoz has been at Villa um, at Fulham for a couple of seasons, been out on loan, come back. They've deemed him not good enough, but he's now been getting game time for them as they desperately look for someone to score goals. Only five goals from open play so far this season from 11 games. Um, that's only worse, um, only, sorry, better than Luton and Sheffield United. And we know how, how, that, how they're struggling. So Luton are just above that kind of bottom four or five, but they don't look like winning games. They don't look like scoring goals. So, as you said, Villa can take care of business against those type of sides very, very well indeed and expect them to do it comfortably and put on a bit of a show here ahead of the international break for their fans. Good stuff. Um, top six Villa, Nigel, plus 130. Would you play at plus 130 top six Villa? Yeah. Seems fair. Seems Probably fair, would. doesn't it? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. That's, but um, yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, Last week, I made the case for them to make potentially make the top four. Yeah, at the, they're at plus, the plus, of... plus 600 top four. I think it might just be beyond them, but they'll be close. I think the reason like for that bet that. last week was the suggestion that I didn't think that Tottenham would last the distance. And I thought the, the, the price difference between the two, Villa and, and Spurs, was was too big. Yeah, but I think I think, I think Villa, if they can get this home form money, why not? I mean, they, they keep going. It's going to be hard to beat at home. They're going to be they're, they're going to definitely be in the, in the shake-up for sure. Jack? Yeah, I like the, the, that plus money on a top six finish. Yeah. My ratings have them fifth, six. So, um, yeah, top three and then Tottenham and Newcastle. Um, I say Tottenham will probably regress down a little bit. So I think, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, 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 talk, we're talking about them finishing ahead of Man United and Chelsea, really. That's what the market says. And Brighton. Brighton on the other yeah. side of them. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton have gone. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Sheffield United uh, at home at the weekend. They'll win that. Yeah. Nil nil. Uh, Chelsea, Manchester City uh, next for Jack to tackle. This is um, uh, the big game, or at least uh, TV companies thought it might be when they put the fixtures out at the start of the season or whenever they did for this one. But obviously, Chelsea have been poor. Chelsea plus 360, Manchester City minus 132. The draw is plus 275. This is Sunday, 11.30 uh, Eastern. Um, Jack, 
we had two different narratives really off the back of that Spurs Chelsea game. One was how brave Spurs were to stick with his high line when they were down to nine players and Ange Postacoglu getting a lot of credit. And then when the dust settled a little bit, it was like, well, hang on a minute, Chelsea still won easy. They were a bit patient. And eventually they're 11 versus nine told. Uh, how did you did you see Chelsea off the back of that? And what do you think they might achieve or not against Man City? Yeah, I'm still not sold on Chelsea after that performance. Uh, the start of the game was, is crucial for me and, and key as far as this bet is concerned. You know, I was looking ahead knowing that this Man City game was coming up and seeing how Spurs played them. And they did absolutely blow them off the park in that opening 15 minutes. The gaps that were between the lines that Madison was dropping deep, pulling the strings and also out wide. And all I could think of was... City have got the players that are going to absolutely have a field day against them. And obviously, um, Chelsea at home will have to have an element of um, kind of front foot about them to some degree. And I, I just think that that will lead to Man City having the players to exploit those situations. We've you know, talked about Doku for um, Man City, certainly hit the headlines this last week or so. Um, normally, would we expect a, a season of kind of settling in especially for those kind of forward positions. We've seen Sterling and then Grealish take probably a season to, to bed in and then hit the straps in the second season. Here he is, half a dozen games into his, his Man City career. Assists, goals and exciting performances. And he adds an, another string to this City bow that is already well stocked, isn't it? So um, I thought Chelsea were showed that kind of inexperience and naivety a bit myself. I thought that was that for, for Chelsea, that they just didn't have the the kind of the necessary patience or the wearable. You could see Pochettino getting really frustrated with that they weren't really following orders as how to break down a, a nine-man team. Um, and then when they did get in front, finally, 2-1 um, with, what, 15 minutes to go, they conceded chances against a nine-man Tottenham. Son had a chance right at the very death. There was the dire one that was marginally offside by VAR, wasn't it? A great finish, which we were equalised. Ben Tenkura had that chance from the set piece as well. I think the stat was that um, Tottenham had seven shots between Chelsea going 2-1 up and then getting that third goal well into injury time. So they, they were naive. They did show their inexperience. They have got a lot of young players. And I just think that this Man City machine have so many players and have clicked into gear a little bit earlier than what we expect. We don't normally see them kind of top of the table at this point in the time. We normally have to wait until the, the new year that they then go on a unassailable run, but they seem to have clicked into gear nicely. Harlan's back amongst the goals. The concern was he possibly was going to be injured um, with that ankle injury, like six goals against Bournemouth and he wasn't involved in any of them. Why ever assist or a goal was it? And he got 45 minutes. So, then back with two goals in midweek in the in the Champions League. So I just feel that Man City have got so much here. And again, a bit of a statement win to put Chelsea back in their place. Obviously, haven't had a little bit of a pick-me-up from that win against Tottenham. But what I really looked at was that initial part of the game um, when Son looked like he'd put Spurs two up. It could have been, looked like it was setting up for being a three or four nil by half-time kind of job such as their domination. But yeah, I just feel that City have got the tools to really hurt Chelsea here, who have looked a little bit vulnerable in recent weeks at the back. And so you don't want that with the with the talent on the pitch and on the bench waiting to come on for City. So I'm taking so the, the play. win here. So yeah, the play. taking the win, minus 0.75 handicap um, at minus 108. So the same as bets that we talked about previously. Um, a, a win of any description for City gets us some um, kind of profit two or more goals for the full win. 
Chumwell like, goal advantage for the full win. I, I do like that one. Nigel, do you like that one? <laughs> I did until you said that. But, um, <laughs> no, the... my question, Nigel, my question to you is not whether you like the bet or not, because I know yep. you. Um, <laughs> how how big a deal is it that, that City have qualified for the knockout stage of the Champions League with, with two games to spare nice. in terms of how they play in the Premier League? No big a deal at all. I mean, they, they went on the big best run you've ever seen in the Premier League, winning Champions League semi-finals and quarter-finals last year. And they went on that winning run that won the title where an Arsenal side that weren't in Europe couldn't couldn't keep keep the pace. I mean, they're just a monster, aren't they? The one thing that Man City are exceptional at is when they lose, they bounce back. I mean, they lost against Arsenal and Arsenal were going crazy. Oh, we're going to, you know, the Arsenal fans, oh, yes, a brilliant statement win, all this kind of stuff. Since that defeat, Man City have won six on the bounce. And scored at least two goals in every single one of them. And Arsenal dropped points. It's what they do. I mean, they they're just they're just the machine, and they keep going. But the one thing I would say is that um, they've got some. This, I think if, if they get on a good run again by Christmas, this this title could be over because their their run of fixtures next. They've got Chelsea away. They've got Liverpool. Then they have Tottenham, and then they have Aston Villa away. And that's their next four Premier League games. If they get ten points from that, which they can quite conceivably do, then who's going to catch them? No one's, I can't see anyone catching them, and they've got they've already got qualification sorted already for the for the Champions League and ten games in the bag there, ten ten points in the bag there. Then then they have a run of Luton, uh, Crystal Palace. You know they're not going to drop points there. I mean then Sheffield United. So this it it could be done by Christmas if they can get through this this period, and this period is crucial from on the Chelsea point of view. I I'm not so negative about Chelsea. I think Pochettino, I've always said Pochettino is one of the, the best managers in the Premier League. I think he's a, he's a brilliant manager. I think he'll take time, but he'll get them going. Hmm. And uh, Chelsea just don't know the best team. When they know their best team and have some familiarity about them, some players get back. I'm looking at t- Chelsea to win the FA Cup. I've said this many times in the show. They've got a brilliant record in the FA Cup. If they can get the striker back as well, uh, injury in, in January, and they start scoring goals again, and they know their best team, Chelsea will be a very, very, very different time come January. But I still think Man City will win this game, but I don't think it'd be easy. I think Chelsea probably score. I think both teams to score could be a high-scoring match. Um, you know, I wouldn't be betting unders for sure on this one. Yeah, I do agree. I think um, Chelsea will come right, and Pochettino is the man to do that over time. And then Kunko coming back will be big because it will take the strain off Jackson, who we see can get in lots of good scoring positions, but it takes about eight to, to to get one or three in this case. But um, yeah, I think in, in time, certainly towards the end of the season, I think they could be a force. Um, but at the moment, it's a little bit up and down um, as, as shown and they're not been good at home this season either they've been better away from home than at Stamford Bridge so um, yeah I think aside in transition against what was a well-oiled machine uh, there's only one winner for me we've got some leans for you this week unofficial picks uh, Man United Luton 10am Sunday uh, Saturday uh, Eastern uh, uh, Jack you've got an interesting play here um, that that's Obviously, unofficially, it's not it's not a pick. It's a massive price. Well, a couple of massive prices. Just talk us through this. Uh, yeah, it's just a couple of stats this week that caught my eye that I just wanted to kind of share, really. Uh, Man United, we know, have had a traumatic season. They keeps, how it keeps getting worse, it's hard to believe, really. But um, even last night, we saw them take a two-goal lead and then um, manage to get a man sent off get back in front at 3-2, having thrown that away, and then still lose. So um, the key thing here is that is their home form, which was so good. 31 consecutive games unbeaten until Brighton went there this season and won. But this season, the first game was against Wolves, which they won 1-0, didn't they? And that was 0-0 at halftime. The old detective was probably ringing off for that one. We know that very well. Um, but since then, five successive home games in the league 
and they've been trailing at half time in all of them, uh, which has never been done before by Man United. It's a record for them, a bad one, of course. Um, they have come back to win two of those games against Brentford and Forest. So it's just, um, yeah, a little bit of a, a, I say a bit of pizza money, we'd call it, isn't it? That uh, if Luton can get a goal in the first half, get, get their noses in front in the first half, they'll be going into this one fresh after United have just come back from uh, that Copenhagen nightmare last night. Um, they might, well, you know, you know how they're going to play. They might well nick a goal. And then if top, um, United can turn it round, you're getting plus 2,000 on Luton to be winning at half time and United to be winning at full time. Like that one, half-time, full-time play. Luton just to be leading at half-time is plus 600, incidentally. A word on United's form. Nigel, I keep wanting to say that they've been unlucky in games, but they keep on putting in performances that ultimately end up seeing them getting nothing. Players not playing with any desire, manager not knowing what to do with the players he's got. Players are simply not good enough. Um, that's it. I mean, they're, they're being priced up on reputation and name rather than what we're seeing currently. I mean, really on the, on the Premier League, where are they? They're, they're on, if we look now where you would pitch Manchester United, 10th best team in the Premier League, maybe 11th. They're eighth, they're eighth in the table, but I think you're, you're probably right. They're probably worse yeah. than Brentford and Chelsea. Yeah. So they're probably about the, the 11th side. You know, that's where Manchester United are at the moment. I mean, and they, they need to be clear out and it's going to take a long time. And when we can keep getting these silly prices about them in Champions League, especially, then you've got to keep taking them while they're available. But um, uh, I, I don't think, I think it's a real long way back for Manchester United. I look at Chelsea, I think they can come back. I think they've got a great mm. manager. They've got some young players, young talent, lots. You can see a lot of things coming through in Chelsea. He's going to be a player in two years. He's going to be, you can't at Man United. You just cannot see where it is. It's a massive clear out and it's going to take a long, long time. When did Ferguson, Alex, so Alex Ferguson retire? How many years ago was that now? Yeah, I don't 12? Know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 10. Well, Yes, well, there you go. So, I mean, that we're still waiting for this kind of thing to happen. And mm. unfortunately, it's, it looks as though it's going to go on for a long, long time because what we're seeing, it's 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 not it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, let's quickly... So, well, they, wrap... can't, they can't deal with crosses either, can they, Dan? Like, I don't know how many goals were conceded from crosses into the box uh, last night. Uh, it was that, I mean, they were poor. I mean, Maguire and, and Varane, as it finished with, because Johnny Evans went off early. I mean, Maguire was all over the place. I mean, you can argue the penalties all day long, but balls into the box, they have a, an awful lot of problems. Seem to picking up on us, just defending. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, three uh, little stats here when it comes to the Liverpool-Brentford uh, game, which is 9 a.m. Sunday. Uh, talk us through these individually here, Jack. Salah, first of all, scoring record on the line. Yeah, he scored in all five of uh, the first five home league games for Liverpool. He's only the third player in Liverpool history, and they've had some decent players over that period of time mm. to have done that. And if he does score um, a six successive here, he'll be the first player to do that. Um, the last player to get five was Aldridge back in 1987. Um, so this would be a, a new record, another one for Salah to set if he can score. Um, he's obviously on penalties as well. And um, they've had four penalties this season, three of those at home. And uh, the referee's Paul Tierney for this one. And Paul Tierney has given six penalties in his last 16 appearances. He's given one in each of his last two. He's also given one to Liverpool in his last two appearances at Anfield. So it possibly stacks up for Salah, who is on penalties, to be able to do it that way, maybe. Yeah, Salah plus three ten to score first, plus a uh, minus one oh seven score at any time. Penalty to be awarded plus one eighty, a Liverpool penalty plus three twenty-five, and another little half-time full-time potential play here, Jack. Yeah, we know Liverpool like to roar out of the blocks, but uh, they've not been 
great at doing that. They tend to concede early, if anything, um, recently. Um, they're up against a Brentford side here. They're only one of four sides that are yet to trail at half-time away from home. Um, Chelsea, Tottenham and Man United, bizarrely, are uh, the other three in that. But Brentford are the only side in the Premier League yet to concede a first-half goal away from home. So um, they'll be looking to try and keep that record going. So maybe even more focus on that defence, given Liverpool's record at home, which is phenomenal. Yeah, tie Liverpool, half-time, full-time, plus 375 last. They looked Nigel, after that Luton draw for Liverpool, are they still title contenders? Plus 700, I'm on them. I know you've backed them as well. I've backed them on the handicap as well. But that was disappointing against Luton for me. Should have won it, shouldn't they? I yeah. mean, come off it. I mean, what was their XG? It was almost four. I mean, that, that 3.7 or something, XG. I mean, Darwin Nunes, I mean, how he would have nightmares about that. I mean, to be fair, you might look at it in terms of a big point. You might turn around mm. and say to yourself, you know, that, that could be a massive point to win the title. So it depends how well you look at it. He should be winning that match, but the performance you can't argue with. You know, and to, you know, they've got Diaz coming there with his parents are being um, abducted. I mean, God, and he's putting a performance like that. What, what, what state of mind must he be in? Um, you know, if my parents were abducted, I'd be absolutely, you know, I wouldn't be able to play. But if my kids were abducted, I'd probably score a trick. <laughs> so, uh, you, know, I'll, you know, keep them. You know, they'd be paying me within a week. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, it's amazing. So you, look at it, you can look at it two ways, can't you? You can look at it two ways. But I still think Liverpool will be around. I think the big match for Liverpool's next, well, after the international break, straight in Man City. That's it. Get something from yeah. that. Great game on again. Uh, we'll have a full preview for that one for you, of course, after the international break. Uh, final couple of bits of business. Uh, you've got a free $5 play um, on the money line, Wolves-Spurs, which is the early kickoff on Saturday, 12.30 local, 7.30 Eastern. Nigel, what, where, where's your $5 going? Draw half-time. <laughs> draw half-time. <laughs> draw half-time. <laughs> Jack, where's your $5 going? Um, mine was going to be draw full-time. Okay. I think that's an interesting one. That I think Spurs need. If Spurs are are going to be serious title contenders, and the market suggests that they're not, they're plus twelve hundred. They've got to win that game. I don't think they will. Uh, best I think Spurs bets... will want to be showing they're not Spursy and yeah, having. That's I think for... that's the point, isn't it? You know, they 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 need some. They they need to win that game off the back of what happened on Monday night. Uh, best bets, Nigel. What's your best bet this weekend? I think it's going to be Aston Villa minus one at even money. Jack, same for me. Villa to get back on track after disappointing all of us last weekend against Forest. They take on Fulham at home. Uh, Nigel, a week off for you? Yeah, uh, no, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm away on Tuesday to Italy. What again? Yes, I'm going to Italy for the it's tennis. Time. It's the final. It's the ATB Tour finals. It's the last tennis tournament of the year. So I'm over in Turin on Tuesday for the tournament. Very maybe very much colder than Las Vegas, that's for sure. <laughs> so I'm away on Tuesday. It's international break, so obviously there's no show. So I'll be there. Tuesday to Thursday. Wonderful. Jack, what's your plans for the weekend? Yeah, I'm jet setting as well. I'm off to Norfolk this weekend. Oh, beautiful. Party. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel Chuck, thanks for your company. Good luck with your picks. That is a wrap for week 12 of Betting Weekly Premier League show. International break, as we alluded to next week. We'll be back the following Thursday for the best bets on the EPL. Stay across all of the Betting Weekly content, though, via at Because We Win. From all of us for now, it is goodbye. 